0: Good morning morning. Welcome to the Blue Lake Presbyterian Church and uh, thank you for coming this morning The title to today's message is With Conviction An evangelist a priest and a minister go fishing out on a boat in the middle of a lake About four hours later they still haven't caught anything. At one point, the evangelist gets up; he really needs to go to the bathroom. So he climbs out of the boat and, with great conviction, walks on the water to the shore. And then, about ten minutes later, he comes back. Then the minister; he also needs to go. So he gets out of the boat and walks on the water. To the shore, returning a little while later. Or the priest looks at both of them and determines that his faith is just as strong as that of the evangelist and the minister, his fishing buddies, and that he can also walk on water. So he stands up, steps out of the boat, and makes this big splash down in the water. The evangelist looks at the minister and says, I suppose we should have told them where the stepping rocks are. (laughs) In the last few weeks, I've asked several folks what comes to mind hearing the word conviction. And the vast majority of the folks answered, conviction of a crime in a court of law, but once we add the word with to conviction, it dramatically changes the meaning of this word, and it brings into focus the message that we'll be talking about today. Now, let me illustrate this with an example. A customer asked if we would participate in a vendor spotlight, a 90-second video clip featuring a flower farm that they then in turn would put on their website. We agreed, and to our surprise, a crew showed up of about 15 cameramen and technicians from Chicago, Oakland, Los Angeles, and San Diego. They filmed at our farm for two days, including an interview with me for, for several hours. Well, at the end, they were very pleased with the footage and with the interview. Now, talking about the great climate here on the North Coast and the small differential between winter and summertime temperatures, only 10 degrees, making this a very unique place to grow bulb flowers and our features and benefits like growing tulips in composting bark with high levels of beneficials beneficial microorganisms and our telsa iris we brought some here in front that blue iris lasting longer than any other iris in the marketplace standing in front of a camera talking about all these things comes natural because of a conviction, a strong belief of all the things we do and what we stand for as a company. The other day I was watching a documentary of the Kennedys, and one of John F. Kennedy's most prominent speeches was his nationally televised civil rights speech. It was his brother, Robert Kennedy, that had prompted JFK to give this speech and address the American people. But what most people don't know, that two hours prior to the broadcast, at 8 p.m., no work had been done on a speech. At 7 p.m., speechwriter Ted Sorensen had made two drafts. Twenty minutes before going live, Robert and JFK met in the Oval Office to outline some thoughts in case the speech wasn't ready. While JFK wrote some notes on the back of an envelope. Four minutes before the broadcast, Sorensen walked into the room, with the speech. Kennedy still made some last-minute changes. And his secretary was unable to type it all up before the camera started rolling at 8 p.m. Kennedy read this prepared portion of the speech, mostly word for word. But he dropped the ending and improvised the last several paragraphs. It is at the conclusion of this speech where Kennedy spoke with conviction. It is what he spoke from the heart. When he articulated what he believed, the words rolled off his tongue and touched the hearts of the American people. It became, this speech became one of J.F.'s most memorable speeches. While Martin Luther King was watching this speech and jumped up, And said to a friend, can you believe this? He not only stepped up to the plate, but he hit the ball out of the park. Martin Luther King sent a telegram to the White House saying, I have just listened to your speech to the nation. It was one of the most eloquent, profound pleas for justice and freedom ever made by any president. Martin Luther King himself was known to speak with conviction. (laughs) He said, words ring hollow when you declare something with wavering weak words. When your message lacks conviction, it is noticed. Gandhi said, a no uttered from the deepest conviction is better than a yes merely uttered to please, or worse, to avoid trouble. Winston Churchill spoke to the students of his alma mater, the Harrow School, in October of 1941. Never give in, never, 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 in nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in, except to convictions of honor and good sense. So what does the Bible say about conviction? And although a strong belief, the underlying meaning of the term conviction, is the cornerstone of the Gospel, the word conviction itself is not found in the Bible at all. Well, this may not be surprising, because according to Merriam-Webster, The use of the word conviction started in the 1500s. In the book of Acts, the theme of conviction comes back repeatedly. And this ultimate history book of the early church, I'm talking about the book of Acts, was written by Dr. Luke as a sequel to the Gospel of Luke. The book of Acts contains 19 sermons given by the Apostles like Paul, James, Stephen and Philip and including six sermons by Peter. Peter's first sermon was delivered at Pentecost when 3,000 believers were added, but the second sermon of Peter followed after he healed a crippled man. And that's what brings us to today's reading in Acts 3, verses 12 through 19. And it can be found in your pew Bible, the the back half, on page 120. And I'll give you a moment to to pull it up. When Peter saw it, He addressed the people you Israelites why do you wonder about about this or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we had made him walk the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob the God of our ancestors has glorified his servant Jesus whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate. Though he had decided to release him, but you rejected the Holy and Righteous One, and asked to have a murderer given to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses, and by faith in his name, his name itself has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given him his perfect health in the presence of all of you. And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer Repent, therefore, and turn to God, that your sins may be wiped out. Well, let's bow our heads. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that that in your light we may see light, and in your truth find wisdom, and in your will discover your peace, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Or when Peter saw it, he dressed the people. But what is the it that Peter saw? A little bit earlier in the story in Acts 3, Peter and John had gone up to the temple. And a man was laying there, unable to walk. He'd been laying there from birth. People would lay in there every single day, at the gate of the temple, called the beautiful gate. or well, the eastern gate of Jerusalem is also called the beautiful gate, or the golden gate. This is the gate that gives most of the direct access from the Mount of Olives to the Temple Mount. It's in this exact same location where Jesus entered Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives on Palm Sunday. This eastern gate was sealed shut in the year 1540 by a sultan of the Ottoman Empire. In Jewish tradition, the Messiah will pass through the eastern gate when he comes to rule. The Muslim leader was attempting to prevent this with 16 feet of cement. That eastern gate has remained sealed to today. At this gate, the man unable to walk asked for money as people entered and left the temple. Peter said to him, I have no gold, I have no silver, but I have something much better. I have something else. Then taking the man's right hand, he helped the man up and immediately the man's legs and arms, became strong again, and he was able to walk, instead of lying there begging. The people were in awe and astonished, and started running over to what his miracle just took place. But then in verse 12, Peter, with great conviction, starts addressing the crowd. Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Jesus had told his disciples in John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, I will do, that the Father be glorified in the Son. He said in Matthew 21, 22, If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. If you believe. But here is the heart of the matter. This is where conviction, with conviction, comes into the picture. Some people may just say the words, but deep down, They don't believe it. In chapter 19 of Acts, there's a story of the seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva. And they saw what the apostle Paul was doing, casting out evil demons, evil spirits, in the name of Jesus. They also wanted to do this. So to an evil possessed man, they proclaimed, I command you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. But then the Spirit said, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? The man with the evil spirit turned and jumped on the seven fellows and overpowered them and ripped off all their clothes. And they fled this attempt by the seven sons of Sceva, it failed. Because they just spoke the words. They did not speak with conviction, with a belief in Jesus. They did not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They recognized the power of the name but it wasn't personal to them. This incident had a great effect on all the Jews and Gentiles living in Ephesus. It caused a mini revival. People repented from their sins and changed their ways. (coughs) With conviction, with a deep Rooted faith, miracles can happen. In his book, When You See the Invisible, You Can Do the Impossible, Oral Roberts shares the most powerful secrets on living a life of miracles. That is what those folks at the Temple Gate encountered. They experienced what was deemed impossible. This fellow had been carried in and out of that temple. Temple gate. Every day. Every morning. And every evening. For his entire adult life. Unable to walk. And here Peter, with conviction, tells him, stand up. And he walks immediately. All well, 37 specific miracles performed by Jesus are recorded in the Gospels. But in the book of Acts, disciples perform miracles in the name of Jesus. And according to Acts 2.43, Many miracles were performed by the apostles. Eighteen miracles are specifically recorded in the book of Acts. Well, I know there are naysayers and skeptics who claim that miracles are just a state of mind, just imagination. Some may actually acknowledge that there may have been some miracles during the days of Jesus and the disciples but they are inconceivable today prayers with conviction and a steadfast belief in our Lord and Savior are the pathway to miracles still happening today here's an illustration Little Sam, a nephew nephew of one of our team members in our company, was born four years ago with a condition called spina bifida, a huge lump on the back where all the nerves are exposed outside of the spinal cord. Little Sam was unable to walk, talk, and a number of other functions. prayer, and belief with conviction. And after 10 hours of surgery, little Sam started walking. This kid is filled with the Spirit. They call him the sparkler of the family. And there we have Rosa, a lady working in our company. She was diagnosed with a malignant tumor, was sent to UC Davis Medical Center, where the oncologist confirmed the condition. The doctor told Rosa to get ready for an intrusive surgery and treatment and a very long recovery period. She put all her stuff, all her things, in storage. She sent her daughter To Southern California to be with his family. And then she checked herself into UC Davis Medical Center. Our prayers with conviction to help her through this difficult time, Rosa surrendered to Jesus. She put her trust in the hands of the Lord before the surgery the doctor did another mri scan and he couldn't believe his eyes he told rosa the malignant tumor is gone he couldn't explain it rosa is in our midst today You see her this morning then a few months ago coming back from the east coast I walked into the terminal of the Arcada Airport. It was pouring rain, smooth concrete, and dress shoes. It's not a good combination. I slipped backwards, went flying, and landed on my wrist. On the moment it happened, I knew something was wrong. I temporarily lost vision. And almost fainted. So I had to sit down for a while in the terminal. And after a while, I walked to the car and drove home. But while driving on the freeway, I was in so much pain, my whole body was shaking and trembling uncontrollably. So at one point, I cried out to the Lord. Help me. I cannot bear this pain. A peace came over me. And immediately, the pain subsided. From, in the doctor's office, it was 1 to 10. Or it was a 9. And immediately, it went down to a 2. It didn't slowly subside. It was immediate. On the next day, I had an x ray taken at the urgent care, and I was diagnosed with a buccal fracture. They put a splint on it was a referral to an orthopedic specialist. And when I went there five days later, they took another x ray, but the fracture was gone. When I shared this story, a friend reminded me of Psalm 5015: "Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me." See as Lewis wrote, "Miracles are a retelling in small letters of the same story which is written across the whole world in letters so large that most of it, most of us cannot see. In a program called Touching Lives, James Merritt said, nobody can change your life like God can. But even God will not completely change your life until you place your faith in Him. The road to a relationship with Jesus Christ is paved with the cement of faith. Friends, what are we to do? In verse 19, Peter said, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That time of refreshing may come from the Lord. Or a change in behavior begins with a change of the heart. (coughs) Turn to God with conviction in everything we do. When Jesus was asked, What the greatest commandment was. He answered in Matthew 22.37. You shall love your God. With all your heart. And all your soul. And all your mind. In other words. With conviction. Folks. We are hungry. For an encounter. With our Lord Jesus Christ. Let Jesus come into our hearts and touch the heavy laden parts of our soul. Let him heal and comfort and give us strength. With conviction, we pray. With conviction, we believe. And with conviction, we put our trust in the Lord Jesus and accept Him as Lord and Savior. Thank you. God bless you. Amen.